Hi everyone, welcome back to the Yoga Biz Podcast. I'm not going to lie, I have recorded this intro about five different times because I'm losing my voice. So thank you for being here. This might be a little bit of a tricky one to listen to because I have really bad allergies (laughs) and this is what I sound like today. And I thought about not recording this episode and then I was like, you know what? I don't have to be perfect and my voice doesn't have to be perfect all the time. So we're going to power through this episode and I think it'll get better as, as I talk more. But just to set the scene, if you can hear birds in the background, I am sitting outside with my pup, one of my pups, Lacey May, curled up at my feet. I have a bowl of yogurt. And today I really want to talk about leading classes in your local community. This is a topic that I mention a lot in passing in other episodes, and I mention a lot in webinars as something that is like an option that you can do, but I actually want to really dive into the steps that it takes to plan and execute a local class from start to finish. So basically what that means is if you want to run a class outside of a studio that you work at, right? So a local park class or a class at a local brewery or a coffee shop or a garden center, what are the steps that you need to take to kind of do this on your own? This is something that I've been doing over the last couple months. It's been going so well. There's so many benefits of doing it this way. And so I want to give some really actionable steps that you can take to either start this process for the first time or maybe kind of get a little bit more organized in your efforts to run your own classes. All right, we're going to dive right in. So Running your own local classes has so many benefits. The first one that comes to mind for me is that you just meet so many people. A lot of yoga teachers jump right into social media as their main way of marketing, but social media really is like a ground zero form of marketing. And it's awesome. I love social media. I think it fits into this puzzle. But the fastest way to meet people in your local community, if you're trying to you know, build up your student base for private clients, for retreats, for literally anything, is to host your own classes out in the community and literally just meet people. Because you're going to build trust a lot faster and a lot more effectively if you meet people in person. So think of yourself as a student, right? If you live in, we'll just use my local community. If you live in Raleigh, and you're thinking about starting a yoga practice or you're kind of interested in in finding a yoga class, you might find someone on social media who teaches in your local area. And that's great. You'll probably look at their profile. You might even chat with them. But what if you see that they're hosting a class in a local park or at a local art gallery or something? If you go to that class, you'll have a chance to actually experience a class with them, meet them in person, feel the good energy of being in a class. And I've just found as we're sort of, you know, I don't want to say coming out of this pandemic, but as our communities are opening back up to in-person events over the last few months, for some of us, you know, even like a whole year, this has been, I think, the most effective form of organic marketing that I've seen for myself, but also for my clients. And I want to mention that a lot of us, you know, 
put a lot of energy into figuring out how to do online marketing, how to host online classes and all that stuff. And it might feel like we're kind of doing a 180 by like kind of spinning around and starting to host classes in person again. But that's okay. These things can can go hand in hand. It doesn't mean that you need to stop teaching classes online. It doesn't mean that you are just ditching all online marketing efforts. It's just, again, another tool in your tool belt that I find in this season right now, as the weather's starting to get warmer, we're no longer in, you know, everyone's masked. There's all these social distancing mandates. I found that this is just like really high demand and also really effective marketing. So there's lots of benefits of doing this. So I want to talk first and foremost about how to get this set up and maybe like things to think about as you start to host your own classes in person. So I'm going to use myself as an example because in June I'm hosting two classes, one at a local garden center and another at an art gallery. So that's the first step is to find a venue, right? If you're doing this outside of a yoga studio or outside of any kind of wellness space, you're going to want to find a venue that's going to work for a class, right? So this might be a coffee shop, a brewery, a farm. Um, it could be another yoga studio. It could be a yoga studio or, you know, a massage therapist office, somewhere that hopefully you've been before or you've seen pictures of. So that's the first thing. You want to be really intentional with the space that you're choosing. And when you find a space, obviously you have to take into account who owns that space, right? They might have a rental fee. They might have rules surrounding what events they host and don't host. So this requires a little bit of research. So what I did is I literally went on Instagram and I looked at all the places that I'd been. I really love going to garden centers and nurseries. And I always find that whenever I'm there, I'm always thinking about how it would be so nice to do yoga in this space. So I reached out to about five places. And I just said, hey, you know, I'm a local yoga teacher. I love your space. I, you know, provided some details about what I love about their space. And I said, I would love to host a yoga class here on a day that's not busy. Or if you rent out space, I would absolutely love to do that. And I got two responses. So something I want to mention right off the bat is like, just expect to get ghosted by some of these places. That's normal. These are businesses. They're busy. They're probably getting lots of messages. Don't take it personally. I got two responses and I sifted through those responses and I picked the one that worked the best for me. So I teamed up with this garden center that has an event space and also has food trucks on the weekends. So they were like, yeah, you can use our event space on a Saturday morning and then everyone can grab a drink because they have a little bar at their garden center. Everyone can get grab a drink. They can walk around and shop for plants. And we're also going to have a food truck there. So a couple of things. Number one, I reached out to a bunch of places and I got two responses. So just keep that in mind. So you want to make like a hefty list of places you're going to reach out to. Number two, keep in mind that you are bringing business to these places. So you want to be strategic with the way that you do it, right? This particular example is an example of a really, really mutually beneficial partnership, right? I get to meet people in the local area who live in Raleigh, who want to hang out at garden centers, who are interested in yoga. That's great for my business. I'm also bringing a group of people to see this garden center and 
probably buy things, right? So it's beneficial for them as well. So as you're structuring and designing these partnerships, it's really important to think about like, what are the benefits that this other business is getting from you hosting a yoga class? Okay, next step. This is really important. Once you have a venue, you're like, you're not done. You want to structure your partnership really strategically to make sure, not to make sure, but to try to sell out your event, right? Because you want to get the most number of people that you can. You want to get the most exposure. You want to maximize profit, all that good stuff. So make sure that you're being clear with the venue and the people that you're partnering with and understanding how they are going to market the event. This is really, really huge, especially if you're just starting out and you don't have a huge network, right? Like if I was a brand new yoga teacher in Raleigh, I might not have any people in Raleigh that are interested in coming to my class yet. I might be brand new. I might not really have much of a community yet. So leveraging their existing community, right? This place, this garden center has social media, has an email list. They've run events in the past. So I made sure to bake into the partnership hey, I will create all the social media graphics. I will create the sign-up page, the sales page. I will put together all the materials. Would you be able to post about it online and send it out to your email list? And they were more than happy to do that because again, this was bringing them business and getting people into their space. So I created all the graphics. They posted about it on social media. I also posted about it on social media because I do have a following of people in Raleigh. And we sold it out within about a week, maybe a week and a half. That's not something that you can expect to do every single time. And especially if you're just starting out getting this this ball rolling, you're going to have to do a little bit more marketing. But you definitely want to make sure that you have an agreement that they're going to do some of the marketing as well. Just because that's that's really how you're going to fill up these events. All right. Number three is something that I just mentioned is creating a sales page, a way for people to quickly pay and snag their spot and get a confirmation email. I talk about this a lot on the podcast. Having like one to two clicks that people can sign up, pay, and hopefully that event will be added to their calendar. So definitely moving away from this idea of, hey, like just show up on the day of and Venmo me or PayPal me. That's an extremely fragmented sign-up system, and it's not very organized. It's not going to benefit your business in the best ways possible because things that you want to be thinking about for long-term growth for your business, you want to be collecting emails, right? So every person who signs up, you should be collecting their email. They should be paying you up front. You can't expect people to pay once they get there because that is just like a lot to organize. And so you're going to want to make sure that you have a system in place. I personally think that there's a lot of different ways to do this. Um, If you have a website that has a payment processor, you can do it straight through your website. If you don't have a website, I like using Moments. I can link Moments down in the show notes. Um, It's a really quick, easy way to just create a sales page right off the bat, a way for people to pay you, and a way for you to collect emails really, really seamlessly. But you just want to make sure that you have some kind of system in place. All right. Last step here, because again, after you have a venue, after you have a sign-up process, all that stuff, you're still not done. So you're going to go through your marketing process, right? 
So whatever that looks like for you, I talk about how marketing is something that is very individual to each business, but maybe you're, you know, posting about it on social media. Maybe you're sending it to your local friends and asking them to to share it on their social media. You should be emailing your email list because your email list is growing, right? We're growing our email list. And you are making sure that this business that you've teamed up with is also marketing it. So your marketing system is up and roll up and running, the ball is rolling, people are signing up. Once you go to actually run the event, this is a great time to make sure that you are promoting your business and talking about what you offer. This is a really, really big one, especially for anyone who is looking to take on private clients or trying to get people into other offers. It's important to show up and talk about what it is that you do and what it is that you offer because those people are coming into the space and you don't know what they know about you, what they don't know about you, what they know about yoga, what they know about, you know, anything. So as you lead the event, really kind of put on your business owner hat, you know, introduce yourself, talk to people, make sure that you are, you know, utilizing that time to nourish your business. Because these events can be really, really powerful. In my experience, and this is like so lovely, I hope I hope this happens for you too. I have people who come back to every single event. Hopefully, as you start running these classes or events, no matter how often you do them, it doesn't have to be super regular. What you want is for every time you go to run an event, the marketing gets easier and easier because you have repeat clients, right? I've run about three or four of these in the local area, and now they fill up really fast because people who have come to the previous ones, number one, I have their email, so they're the first people who know about it because I'm emailing them whenever I am setting up a new event. But they're the first people to sign up and they're the first people to share that event with their friends, with their family. They're bringing people because now they feel more comfortable. They know me. They've been to an event with me. There's trust built. So hopefully this episode was helpful for you to kind of see the start to finish process of what it looks like to set up these events. Also run these events in a way that is going to kind of snowball the growth in your business so that the marketing doesn't have to always be from scratch so that these partnerships start to become really strategic. Some of the partnerships that I've had have become long-term partnerships, right? If you run a good event, these businesses are going to want to keep working with you. They're going to want to keep promoting your stuff. You're just going to build really solid, really amazing relationships. All right, y'all. That is it for this episode. Thanks for bearing with me and my allergies. And I will see you back here on the Yoga Biz Podcast really soon.